most of the performance marketing is something that you can easily centralize because yeah. it's mostly done behind a computer. It's not like you have to be yeah. in the market to be able to do this. Today's guest in CMO Talk is Maureen Oma. This is CMO Talk, the podcast. Marketing discussed at the highest level. Welcome and thanks for tuning in to CMO Talk. My name is Klaas Weima, professional marketer, founder of the agency Energize and podcaster since 2008. In this monthly show, we unravel the secrets of world's marketing giants. And I'm Adam Fields. I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm just starting to get to grips with how the world of marketing works these days. Uh, I still have loads of burning questions. And today's guest is Maureen Alma, Chief Marketing Officer at JustEatTakeaway.com, or JET for short. Maureen started her impressive career at the fast-moving consumer goods giant Procter Gamble, then moved to Google and later e-commerce retailer Vacom. Reading Maureen's CV, I was surprised that her years of marketing experience stemmed from a degree in biology. Today, we discuss how Just Eat manages their marketing at a global scale without losing the local connection. Maureen, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. And, really uh, nice to be here. So Maureen, welcome to the studio. And um, well, tell us about Just Eat. Take it away. <laughs> Take it away. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't help that. <laughs> Thank you. I know. It's uh, and it's, it's a cheesy. long name, right? JustEatTakeaway.com. Yeah. yeah. So it is. Uh, we've been, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, having this name since a year or so, because since we've um, uh-huh. merged uh, together with uh, Just Eat. So mm-hmm. we now uh, cover uh, tw- 24 markets, as you already mentioned. And we're active in all these markets in a similar way. So you would also recognize us immediately even in the US now since two weeks ago mm-hmm. turned everything orange and uh, oh, you same, see, same, sort of same house style house, yeah, style, right. house yeah. logo uh, and that's also one of the ways that we are uh, trying to do scalable marketing uh-huh. to make sure that we actually have from a brand standpoint a brand positioning but the look and feel is uh, similar across the world so mm-hmm. we are able to leverage that in a scalable does, way does yeah. that mean that if, you, if you're traveling you can use the same app to, yeah to almost almost, almost. Yeah, that's, that's the goal, yeah, that is the goal. Um, but uh, obviously, since we've just taken over uh, Grubhub in the US, yeah, in, in the future, maybe we'll be able to actually uh, to align the platforms yeah. and yeah. then uh, you would be able to uh, use the products everywhere in the world. Yeah, oh, that'd be very handy. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, just eat has been uh, quite in the news uh, uh, lately. Yeah. Is it uh, eat or uh, to be eaten? <laughs> yeah, in the sense of that we're taking over. Taking over. Uh, yeah, you yeah, mentioned no. Grubhub, for uh, example. Yeah, it's. You know, I think uh, it may look uh, from uh, from a distance, and also when you just read the news that yeah. it's uh, that also the only way we're growing that's actually by takeovers. Yeah. But we're actually growing uh, organically, also uh, really rapidly. And obviously, there is a sixty-three like percent, uh, yeah. excluding Grubhub. No, right? so we're really um, you know at fast pace, obviously. Yeah. 
you know, in these uh, times where we're dealing with a uh, corona pandemic, uh, obviously we have been accelerating our growth, yeah. but even yeah. before that, we were growing fast. And the mm. reason for that is that the category that we're in, so online food ordering, uh, is still growing in the, all the countries, right? And actually, the Netherlands has the highest penetration in terms of people that are uh, using online uh, food ordering. The second highest penetration is in the UK. And, and I yeah. think there's yeah. a very that doesn't similar. surprise me at all. You know, <laughs> Somehow, being from the UK. Uh, yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> but um, that means that even though the, the, there is a high penetration in those countries, it's still only 34, 32%, mm-hmm. right? So, there is still a lot of potential to grow this further. Yeah. And obviously that doesn't yeah. mean that there is no competition. That's there is competition, see, right? Also here with, in the Netherlands, yeah. we're, we're by far the biggest, but you yeah. see other players yeah. uh, coming there as well. Mm. It's just that we see that we are still able to grow at the at a very high level, yeah. even though we have competition is, is, is that around. The goal? And the other that? way around, mm. it is more difficult. So if mm. you come in as a third player or yeah. fourth player, yeah. there's and, no market. And, there is, yeah. and the market is already quite... Yeah. Yeah. Quite uh, yeah. developed, yeah. it becomes really, 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 really hard. hard and yeah. expensive yeah. to be able to grow. Yeah. Um, is, is that the goal to, to have a monopoly position to sort of buy up all the all nah, the competition and, and to, to be, to be, to be position, one company? Obviously. Is that? No, yeah. Well, it is. It is a goal to, to you know grow this pen- penetration as yeah. fast as possible yeah. ahead of anyone else, yeah. and then become the preferred choice. I was wondering how is just he doing these days? Yeah, no, we're we're doing really well. So you've seen the first half year results. Uh, growing really, really fast. After our, um, you know, the acquisition of Just Eat last year, you know, one of the focuses was to uh, really gain back market leadership in uh, the UK. Yeah. Because before, Just Eat was the first to enter the market in uh, in the UK and to really build that, that big penetration. Mm. There, actually, Deliveroo and Uber Eats and there yeah. was, uh, yeah. actually came in and, and uh, developed the market as well. Developed yeah, the market yeah, yeah. And, and were actually at a certain point uh, growing faster uh-huh. uh, than just eat and it's almost it? taking uh-huh. over uh, now uh, we have in the meantime we've been uh, you know uh, investing uh, quite heavily yeah. so making sure that we're um, very visible on the streets uh, a little helps. bit easier That's the most and orange color you so can we've have, done yeah. rebranding yeah. Uh, you know all sorts of things uh, and that really worked out what do you offer that perhaps your competitors don't what are you, are you yeah. providing anything different? Uh, yeah, well, there's there's one big difference, and and that's in the the network effect that we're mm. trying to create. Right, is that if you have a lot of restaurants on on your platform, you have to be on that platform, uh, right? and and then actually uh, you get a lot of consumers. A lot of consumers choose you and then you get a lot of more restaurants yeah, because yeah. they all want to be there because yeah. that's where the orders are coming in. So, yeah. And that's the part that um, I think, you know, in, in most countries we're able to do this uh-huh. uh, game way better than anyone uh, anyone else. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are other things that we have uh, a very reliable and and easy to use being in the app or on the web platforms. We have a hybrid model. So um, yeah. a large part of our restaurants, oh. they have their own drivers and, and or queries and yeah. never know which word to use. But uh, we try to help them to do that as, as you know, as, uh, as accurate and, <clears throat> yeah. and well and fast as possible. 
course, the, the many acquisitions, the, the way you build market share and the, the staggering growth rate of, yeah. of the platform. So that, that all sounds well. But of course, there are also challenges what keeps you awake. Yeah, what definitely. are they for you as a, as a CMO? One of the challenges that we're we're facing is, um, uh, although we have an aligned brand strategy and brand positioning uh, across the globe, as I mentioned, you know, we ha- the brand looks the same everywhere. We have different names everywhere. Yeah. Uh, and you want to keep that equity, right, yeah. in, the, in the country. And uh, especially w- with the, the kind of brands that we have, where it's about showing and, and offering a local restaurant choice, yeah. right? It's not about being the most most international or uh, but I can yeah, global brand. It is about as, you know. as, a, as a as a global player. You you, you acquired a uh, local champion, for example, in Germany or in the US or in the UK, and then you at a certain point of time you want to uh, go to a single brand, right? So that's in, in the end point. Yeah. That's the that's the strategy. Yeah. But if you have like local fans who are used to that local yeah. name, yeah. how does that work? They, yeah. they, do they feel, oh, this is our, this, this this global platform is taking over. I don't feel attached to yeah. this local yeah. company anymore. No, this, this I, I is can, exactly the yeah. reason why we don't change the brand name, especially not in, okay. in Mark. Sometimes mm. we change it if it uh-huh. has very low awareness and mm. it's a small brand and, yeah. you, and know, then, you don't have a huge loyal user brand. understand. But yeah. we don't change the name. We just change the sort of look and the yeah. Brand identity okay. and the back end, uh, so, and, so and the back end. So, yeah. of Rock Hub now has the same sort of logo, it's the same, same uh, yeah, yeah look and feel, but yeah. it's still called Grubhub, right? Because people be? know that brand, yeah. and uh, yeah. you would not want to change that, yeah, overnight for the foreseeable future mm. we would want to keep the the local equity because that's also something that we are differentiating on versus the competitors that we have which are all global right yeah. so they and we can be way better at being relevant at oh. the local level yeah. right so we very often see competitors do whatever you know english texts in in germany or in uh, in poland or mm. and 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 we know that actually it's not working that no, well. Right. So, you know, the, doing right. those kind of really, uh, on, the, on the one hand, leverage the skill that you have by uh, having the same strategy and the same platform, the same technology, but uh, at, the same, at the same time, you know, trying to be as locally relevant right. as possible. possible. And, that, and that is a challenge, of well, course. What, what, strikes, what strikes me is that uh, marketing is uh, very, very important in a strategic point of view, right? In, in, uh, in terms of growth and uh, visibility, of course, as a brand, yeah. as a platform. Platform. Why is it that just it doesn't have a CMO in its board? Yeah, it's a good question. I need to ch- check with you, <laughs> yeah. <G. laughs> because marketing is, is such a, yeah, a very yeah. important pillar mm-hmm. in the in, mm-hmm. in, in the, uh, the strategic yeah, growth well, direction we, of the company. We have obviously the uh, the official board to the yeah. outside world, the CEO, which is uh, CFO, 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 yeah. uh, COO, which yeah. are. All, uh, so the COO is the founder of Livrando, our yep. uh, German uh, business. Mm-hmm. And now actually uh, we also have Matt Maloney, who is the founder of GrubUp on, mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. on the board. But that doesn't mean that they're solely managing the whole company, right? Uh, so obviously the CMO and the CTO are important to yeah, actually yeah. run uh, the company. So but do you report to Jitze, the yeah. CEO? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Jitze has a marketing background or he has a very close... 
close view well, with the marketer. He has a background market. in everything, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because he has built the company yeah, with his own hands, yeah. and he yeah. so yeah. Uh, he's he's very knowledgeable on each and every area. Okay. But at the same time, he also acknowledged that he can't do it everything, everything by, himself. by himself anymore. And he needs so, to see and, and the same for uh, yeah. so yeah, and and that uh, realization came already uh, when I joined. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was the first CMO to join, but obviously there was already a, a big marketing yeah. department. And, uh, and now you've got, what, 700 plus marketers? marketers? Yeah, it's, in, it's in Amsterdam crazy. alone? No, 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 oh, no, no, no. no. Let's, uh, let's clarify yeah, that globally, point. Actually, so. not everything is centralized. Uh, so yeah. we've got, so the big markets and, and obviously the US, which we've just acquired, but also in the UK, the, the markets that are geographically <laughs> a little bit more difficult to manage from a central point, which are Canada and Australia, they all have their own local uh, marketing teams. Because uh, I think you mentioned in the introduction that uh, we centralize everything from the Netherlands. Yeah. But we, Let's correct uh, we, that. <laughs> let's correct. It is uh, the Netherlands and uh, the UK. UK. Uh, so we've got uh, an office in London. Uh, okay. uh, and, and we've actually, uh, since last year, we fully integrated the teams. Um, and managing 700 people. 24 countries, that yeah, sounds like a daunting task. Is, is, is there a magical formula for you? How do so you manage that? The way we're trying to do this is, uh, so first of all, the, the big markets have their own teams, right? Yeah. Um, we, we do still do some of the work uh, we do in a central way, wh- which we actually can do. So mm. if you look at the marketing tech part, uh, so... Uh, most of the performance marketing is something that you can easily centralize because yeah. it's mostly done behind a computer. It's not like you have to be yeah. in the market to be able to do this. So the way we're trying to do this is um, have actually specialized teams mm-hmm. and they work in principle across the, the countries. And that ranges from a brand team, um, a retention team, performance. We do partnerships. So mm-hmm. I already mentioned big sponsorships, uh, uh, but we also partner with Unilever, for example, with uh, their brands uh, like Ben & Jerry's. To She's coming up, Connie Brahms. <laughs> ah, very good, very good. Yeah, so, yeah. Or Heineken, uh, yeah. those kind of big brands that uh, we, we partner with. Uh, and then we have, and that's, People usually don't know this. We have a, a actually big team, which we call Partner Marketing, and they do the marketing for our restaurants and, mm-hmm. and through our restaurants. But they also do, for example, the whole buying and logistics for all the merchandise that we either sell to our, our restaurants or give away. So you manage basically the the leads of all those uh, marketing strategies, all those exactly. And and I've got really great team. Uh, They are very strong leaders Mm. who are running their own show. Don't want to miss an episode of CMO Talk? Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or on CMOTalk.global. So you actually you you in house. A lot yeah. of your marketing activities, yeah. apart from the production of TV ads. And that brings us uh, to our first statement of this episode. Yeah. And that is, in-housing marketing activities boosts efficiency, but hurts creativity in the long term. What do you think about that? Yeah. Well, it's an interesting statement because actually the only thing that we don't in-house is our creative agency. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe that is uh, related uh, to this. But I think we see a lot of benefit of doing things in-house and talking about the way we've set up the teams with uh, highly specialized and skilled and talented people. And you, you're able to attract the best talent because mm. you've got it all in one place, mm. right? Especially in the areas like retention 
or a performance or where, where you use a lot of marketing tech, right? Mm, yeah. All those tools are actually set up to do it yourself. It's not yeah. like, you know, you have to have an agency in between. And it, it actually hurts uh, not only efficiency, but mm. it actually hurts creativity as yeah. well um. to be able to get to the best solutions. If you use an agency or, or another mm. party, it, it is more difficult to have control over the data. Right. Uh, whereas if you do it yourself, you're able you're to really, really on top of it, on top yeah. of yeah. it um, make sure that you also do it yeah. in a responsible way, uh, right? And yeah. you actually have mm. it all in your own system. Is this, is this is a, a trend for, for, is this a trend for lots of large companies or global companies like yourselves? I think, I think it is It is something which most large companies, which are tech-based, uh-huh. are doing it because it's possible, uh, yeah, right? Yeah. And uh, uh, and it's it's also the way, uh, yeah. Especially if you look at the the Googles of this yeah, world yeah. or the Facebooks of, the, if you if you're using that kind of of technology in your advertising, that's important. Then yeah, yeah. It, it is. That's the, bad news it, for marketing agencies like like. So she, outs- no. she outsourced the the magic. Yeah, and exactly. she insourced the operations, and, and, right? So that's good. And <laughs> there's still there's still parts that yeah. we do outsource, right? So it is right. also yeah. when we have a, a problem where we feel like you know this is also when it is just a one time thing where we feel like hey you know we don't have the expertise in-house we use agencies time for statement number two millions of people use your platform daily uh, resulting in a treasure chest of consumer data this brings me to today's second cmo talk statement which is nowadays it's impossible to achieve high performing marketing strategies without consumer data um, of course, it is true, right? It is you can't do without data. You need to do it in a responsible way, uh-huh. I would say, right? So I think we sometimes not not we as a, in a, in our company, but I think in general, sometimes it's been a, going a bit overboard in how trying the to take data, too much everything, too, everything, everything, and 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 trying to bombard people with uh, yeah uh, irrelevant uh-huh. uh, messages, right? So I think it is is really important. It is important to always. Uh, know how it actually works and what the outcome is. I think the the difficulty with the technology that we have at in our hands at the moment is that you it's sometimes you put something in into a system mm. and it's very hard to predict how yeah. that is actually gonna look like, right? Wow. Uh, in in real life. Due to uh, algorithms? Or algorithms. Or you... yeah. Um yeah. Uh, so I think it is yeah. even more important and, and coming back to my earlier point that you really control what you're doing. Right? And that you understand what the implications are of using the data and and um, so, so perhaps not just collecting data for data's sake. Sake, yeah, yeah. exactly. More, and, more, and, more direct and also data. that. But I can also imagine that if you want to acquire new customers, especially in those markets yeah. which are not quite that mature, like the UK, the Netherlands, and the US, that you rely on third parties. Right, in terms of advertising, and we yeah. have that, that third party cookie <laughs> right? <Yeah. laughs> coming up. Not always easy. And, and yeah. consent. Uh, do you have a coping strategy in place? How to deal with that? Uh, well, the the way we try to do it is in is literally use our own data as much as possible. It is a little bit easier for us, mm. um, I think, especially when we have you know, with the skill that we have and the amount of data that we have ourselves, right? That we're and also the way we're. Um, if you look at our brand, we're we're for everyone. Right. I mean, if you live uh, in an area where there are at least you know two or three restaurants that are mm-hmm. delivering, then you're our customer. So 
we we don't rely on third party data to be able to actually reach you know yeah. new oh, customers right. or mm. uh, of course it is still we we face challenges uh, yeah. right uh, but so the but third I think the party cookie ban you're not you're not cons- too well, concerned about I, that it has its its challenges yeah. but um, what are the main challenges then for you um, well one of the issues for example is that if you if you want to track so we optimize our campaigns on actually the orders that we get out mm-hmm. of it right so and if you don't see anymore uh, in because the the tracking is not there if someone has placed an order yeah. uh, so we see it on our platform we don't right. know where it's coming from right yeah? ah. uh, so we can't uh, connect optimize the dots. it yeah and, and then we can't optimize yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not easy there's not an easy uh, answer to it uh, but, but i think the key thing for us is that yeah. we're also using other ways so uh, we're we're betting big time on, for example, you know, more contextual uh, yeah. advertising to be yeah. able to really show, you know, sort of a relevant message at the right point in time, which right. is, for us is really important, right? If you're talking about, you know, uh, and, and that's not a digital way of doing it, but uh, the sponsoring around uh, soccer, that mm. that's a great order moment. So, you know, and those kind of ideas you can obviously use yeah. very well without yeah. using any third-party data. So yeah. what, what's going to be the next big thing in marketing data and, and tech? I still think, and um, the way we're able to use the data currently and use technology, right, to be really relevant at the right point in time, um, that is currently not possible on traditional media like TV in most of the cases, right? And I think, and I don't know when, I've already been predicting this for a long time, but uh, it's still not happening. But I think at a certain point, the TV part of it will also become programmatic it will be digitalized right and and i think that will really create a huge revolution Mm. into how do you uh, effectively uh, reach your customers right because it's you will be able to see way better yeah what's what the effect is of someone watching a an ad and then sure. what's happening uh, yeah. afterwards? Yeah. And and currently, you're, yeah, yeah, that's not uh, it's not possible. guesswork. At the yeah, it's yeah, guesswork. It is. it is. I would like to ask you some dilemmas, uh, and you have to uh, choose one, and afterwards you can uh, pick one uh, to have a discussion about it. All right, ready? Ready. Go. Data or creativity? Data. Uh, new or existing customers? New. <laughs> Being the biggest or the best? Both. <laughs> you have to choose one. <laughs> uh, biggest. Sponsoring or advertising? Uh, yeah. See, uh, that's, that's not a choice. Uh, advertising. Okay. Uh, Google sponsoring or f- is advertising in my <laughs> in my view. <laughs> uh, Google Google or Facebook? Google. Pizza or Indian? Indian. <laughs> <laughs> Which one would you like to clarify in more detail? Um, the sponsoring versus advertising. Right. Let's All talk right. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's um, that was a hard one. Yeah, it's a hard one because advertising, you can, you know, it's all-encompassing yeah. term, right? So sponsoring for me is part of doing advertising and it's part of the total Marketing. Uh, mix. Yeah. yeah, The way we use sponsoring is um, is that we're, we're seeing it uh, as a great way of 
efficiently having visibility uh, of our brand at a very relevant moment. Uh, So for our brand, the key thing is to be top of mind. Mm. So if you're, um, it's a very, our our category is very instant, right? If you're hungry and you want to order and if the brand is top of mind, then obviously you're uh, miles ahead of anyone else. So that's actually top funding. And that is, uh, yeah, Yeah. and, and, and the way we try to get that top of mind position is to be visible on an always on uh, and at a very relevant uh, moment because uh, so we use a lot of um, actually also television advertising and uh, yeah uh, sponsoring because yeah that is the if you look at mass reach that is still the most efficient way yeah of doing this got it so it's a good you get a good return on investment do you think with that can you measure that yeah, it is hard to measure from yeah. each and every dollar that you invest yeah, sure. into sponsoring, for example, when does that uh, mm-hmm. return. We see, uh, so the, the things that we track are so instant um, uh, results. So we, we we see during the matches, for example, how, how the order pattern is, yeah. uh, is going and if it's incremental versus when you're when we were not uh, showing those uh, those uh, ads and and you see an uplift immediately and then we look at uh, impact on toma so top yeah. of mind yeah. um and then we look at ongoing um you know, do we see an uplift in yeah new customer? Are we able to attract more, and also the order behavior of the of the customers uh, yeah that we already have? Does it increase frequency or not? And 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 that's where yeah we we try to figure out okay is this a return on investment or not? We have a question from our previous guest. Yeah, I think, from every, ah, every yeah. episode, our, our guest uh, gets to ask a relay question to the next CMO. Yeah. And in the last episode, we interviewed uh, Nikki Kleiss, yeah. uh, Chief Commercial Officer at Domino's Pizza. Yeah. And this was her question for you. She's also a woman, you know, with a huge digital heritage and in a, a high position. Um, is she a fan of uh, women quota or not? Yeah, good one. <laughs> Actually, I, I never was in the past, but uh, recently I'm I, I'm actually convinced that not not that I think it's a nice measure but I think it's quite necessary yeah yeah I'm, I'm actually surprised that when, when I graduated from university as a biologist mm. uh, but at the time I, I already felt like you know, okay I was ambitious I thought, but there there were not that many uh, role models and not that many uh, really? women uh, in high positions anywhere right and 30 years later sorry that's that's how mm. old I am it's it's still not great right uh, we we still uh, i mean we we i think we made a lot of progress in in women in education in also uh, if i look at uh, you know within uh, jasit uh, we have a really high percentage of female uh, leaders as well uh, and and for sure on a, on a junior level but then yeah growing into the more senior uh, positions the board, the board, it's the border it's all, all men, all men. Yeah. and yeah. um white men white men exactly so that's it's not only about uh, female uh, yeah. right it's also about background background diversity across the board which yeah. i think we still have a lot of work to do mm. um we have some personal questions yeah for you. you've lived and worked in singapore in moscow as you said and, and also kiev, kiev yeah what, what have you brought from those experiences to, <sighs> to to, to yeah. your position now? 
Oh, yeah. Well, many things, actually, because it was a great experience in terms of being able to work in a in a comp- in different cultures, in uh, high pace, you know, dynamic uh, markets, right? Uh, there were all... Uh, so in, in Singapore, I was working for uh, the Southeast Asian region. So all markets which were growing really, really rapidly, yeah. uh, very diverse cultures, also working with very diverse... Uh, uh, teams, teams with yeah. coming from all these different countries. And you have that now, don't you? It's, exactly. It's, 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 so, I've been to your offices and in so many different nationalities. Are there. Yeah. Who inspires you? Ah, for sure, uh, one of them is Jitsu. So he's my boss and, and uh, the CEO so and founder of a company. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's incredible how he is uh, has been building the company. Uh, is is very focused on the one hand on what uh, he wants to achieve and wh- how he wants to uh, shape the company for the future. At the same time, he is also still uh, very entrepreneurial in the sense hands that on. jumping on yeah. not so much hands on. I would say. I mean, he knows in detail uh, everything, yeah. and he will. And this is pretty annoying. Every all the time when there, there's. <laughs> something going wrong then he knows within two minutes oh yeah yeah, it's probably there and there and like oh how can you see this this is just incredible um but he's not micromanaging uh uh, so he's more more of a bird's eye view of the whole organization yeah nice thank you and one last thing what what do you do to relax in your spare time Uh (laughs) <laughs> if, do you have any spare time? I do, I do. And uh, I try to uh, actually relax uh, in the weekends and try not to work and uh, not to uh, think too much about you know what's, uh, what's happening at work. I'm a runner, so um, yeah, well, it don't, it's not uh, really uh, in any ba- big way, but I love to run. Uh, I live close to the Amstel, so uh, yeah. next to the river. Uh, it's also my sort Strong of meditation uh, time yeah. Uh, yeah. where I just yeah. Yeah. don't think of anything else. So that uh, oh, I really I love. I see the glint in Klaus's yeah, eyes, Klaus, another I, runner. Yeah, you can good. spot each other, yeah. can't you, runners? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do a yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to CMO Talk with Maureen Alma on uh, Global Marketing. Don't want to miss out any episode of CMO Talk. You can just subscribe to our brand new newsletter on cmotalk.global or, of course, on your favorite podcast app. Questions or suggestions? Please email class at cmotalk.global. Thanks for listening. Please visit cmotalk.global for more interviews. The CMO Talk podcast is developed and directed by Energize. Audio, mixing and mastering by voice booking. <laughs>